0: Jan Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. We tape Discover Lafayette with the support of Raider, a managed IT service provider that offers world-class service, including cybersecurity, communications, and technology support. With Raider, you have just one vendor and one number to call, allowing you to concentrate on what is most important— your business. For more information, visit RaiderSolutions.com. Our guest today is Noah Brandon, CEO of Unitech Training Academy. Noah is a rising business leader in our community and was recognized as such by the 705 as a Top 20 Under 40 Award recipient in 2021. He's also a friend that I met through Leadership Lafayette. Noah graduated from the College of Business at UL Lafayette and then went on to earn his MBA from Brown University in the Instituto de Impreso in Madrid, Spain. Unitech is a growing education institution and has campuses across the state and two early learning centers throughout the states of Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. I've looked forward to letting Noah share his story. Noah Brandon, welcome to Discover Lafayette.
1: Jan, thanks for having me. I'm yes. so happy to be here.
0: Yes, and so, as we can all agree on, we're recording today <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> in the offices of Raiders. So, Jason Sikora, thank you yes, for making this happen. Mm-hmm. So. um You are a rising business leader, and I've admired you since we met. We met back in 2021, and you bring a presence and um, a calm demeanor to what you do. And you're like the EF Hutton ad from way back, probably before you were around, but when you speak, people listen. And so I'm honored to be able to let you share your story.
1: Well, it's really nice of you to say. I think it depends on uh, (laughs) what people are in the room based off of who (laughs) listens, but uh, yeah, uh, well, yeah, like let's. I said, I'm the CEO of Unitech Training Academy. Mm-hmm. We uh, we are primarily vocational education. We do have two early learning centers as well. We're trying to uh, enhance the communities we serve through offering uh, good education that builds the workforce, helping build the proper steps towards foundational education for children ages six weeks to oh. um, three years old primarily, and... Really working through that, the brain develops the most uh, mm-hmm. in the first three years. And so high-level early education is really important. So a lot of people don't know that we have the two early learning centers, uh, four-mile child learning center. Yeah, right. so we have one in Lafayette and Alexandria. The one in Lafayette's over on Westmark, uh, kind of by the bowling alley mm-hmm. over there. And so pretty close to our campus, actually. So it's a really cool program where our early childhood uh, students work directly in, in the center uh, in, re- in addition to their classroom studies. So it's a very active learning environment for our students, for uh, our children as well that mm-hmm. are in there. And, uh, yeah, it's great, great, uh, yeah. great service that we do. And we have some really amazing people in there too that do really good work. Mm-hmm. We Tell start, me yeah. about
0: just overall what Unitech does. Like what, what types of uh, career options are available for your students and who do you reach out to? Who's your
1: typical student? Well, it's interesting. Times change. Uh, you know, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, uh, 12 years ago, our average student was probably a single mom in her early 30s, uh, children. Youngest child's now going to school. Now it's time for them to progress with what they want to do in their life or pivot and mm-hmm. start their career. Now uh, our average age of student has gone down oh. uh, significantly. So we're probably 24 uh still predominantly female because we do a lot of allied health. Uh, Unitech is a family-run company. My mom Mm -hmm. started Unitech in 1997, Mm -hmm. and uh, I've taken over the operation as CEO. She's retired now and living her life, being a grandma, enjoying enjoying, uh, the stage in life. And uh, she had a medical background, so we had a lot of allied health programs. What is allied health? Yeah, so medical field, you know, primarily, but it's a little more than that. So we have programs, if you want to be a phlebotomist, an EKG technician, medical assistant. but We also have pharmacy technician, uh, massage therapy, oh. medical billing and coding, dental assistant. So uh, You offer different things
0: at each campus, or are they pretty much the same from campus to campus?
1: It depends on the market, right? So, for example, our West Monroe campus, uh, we had the dental assistant program up there for a long time, mm-hmm. and we did well with the program, but Last year, uh, I took the that program out of uh, rotation because it was getting harder to find them jobs because we saturated the market. Right. There's only so many dental offices in Washington Parish, you know, yeah. and dental assistants are they're lifers, man. When they get in that role, they don't leave. They mm-hmm. stay. And so, you know, you're putting out 25-plus graduates a year, year after year after year. You know, you're ultimately going to saturate the market, mm-hmm. and they need to have a place to work. So mm-hmm. uh, we might bring it back later, yeah, it, but it was a good program. But... So we don't have every program at every campus it has to fit the market and we're trying mm. to bring new programs out that fit the market that right. not necessarily diversify away from the medical field but just where the need are where the need is that's where we want to be yeah mm-hmm. we have started some new i t programs which uh what kind of things really they well. do like what kind of it work well we just started a new uh coding and scripting program for more frontline coders right so a lot of uh, a lot of people in the i t field they'll go get a bachelor's degree they'll get a master's mm-hmm. degree in their field but they they don't want to do the frontline work coding that a lot of these businesses need. And so there's a gap that we have uh, heard a lot from from the uh, business community, IT community. And so we we work to fill that gap. We develop a lot of frontline workers to be able to help build the workforce. We, you know, Whenever a potential big company is looking at coming to Lafayette or looking anywhere else, some of the things they're going to ask, is there an educated workforce here that I can pull from mm-hmm. to be able to be successful at my frontline? And so you see a lot of Good, uh, good work going on now with UL Lafayette, uh, SLCC, mm-hmm. some other uh, vocational colleges that are stepping up, answering the call, and really collaborating really well. Uh, one at KDN is a good catalyst for that. They're mm-hmm. doing a good job of getting everybody involved. Uh, I sit on the workforce and education uh, committee mm-hmm. over there, and so there's a lot of good things that go on right. with that. So, but. We have been for a long time, uh, Allied Health, and it's interesting trying to bring a new program that is outside of that realm because people just associate us with mm-hmm. health yeah. And so it's a learning experience trying to go through bringing new programs, rebranding yourself in a sense to where we're – yes, we do Allied Health and we're very good at it, but we do more than that now mm-hmm. as our uh, – Expanding right. our, our operation for the communities, and so it's just really looking at, hey, where do we add value? Where do we plug in? What's the community need? Mm-hmm. For, so, for me to add a program or maintain a program at Unitech, it really has to clear three hurdles, and it's hard to clear all three of these hurdles. Uh, there has to be a demand for enrollment, right? Students just they need to want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, if there are a lot of jobs in the field, but people just don't want to do that career, well, that's tough, right? There needs to be a demand for en- uh, employment. Mm-hmm. If we put out 20, 25 graduates a year in this field, is there a place for them to work? Year one, year two, year three, or are we just saturated now? There's nowhere for them to work, and they have right. invested in their education with nothing to show for it. And you know, lastly, can it meet affordability? Right, mm-hmm. we don't get subsidized through the state. You know, everything is tuition-driven, and how we uh, afford the operation. So we really can't have any lost leaders. We at least have to cover cost when doing a program. And it's really hard to clear all three of those Mm -hmm. hurdles. Typically, it's two of the three, and that doesn't work. Right. So
0: um, let's talk about affordability. You know, I serve on the SLCC Foundation Board. And I know when I was coming up, Noah, people always seemed to think back in the 70s and all that you really needed to get a college degree, a four-year degree. And, of course, we graduated, and most of us didn't know how to do much of anything. You know, I got out in general studies, which was great, but luckily I got into law school. But— You know, I think in our state, we went from people didn't have college degrees, they did. And then that's very sudden realization that you don't as long as you have some kind of secondary education where you have a skill, you're in big demand. If you if you graduate from anywhere with a certificate or, you know, associate's degree, you're in demand. And I really value this. And I know that Unitech has had a very good success rate on your graduates. And it's affordable, too. It's more affordable than some
1: of the other options. Well, I think that... You, know, you just said a lot right there. Yeah, I right? With that. And, and this that, is that really I your is interview. No, no, no. No, it. no, it's terrific. I'd love to blah, address blah, it all. Blah, blah, I'm, blah, I'm blah. Not making these mental notes so I can go mm-hmm. and like, yeah, I want, to talk, I want to speak to that. I want to speak to that. Uh, so, yeah. So the four-year degree that, again, is, kind of goes into the American dream of, mm-hmm. you know, you want to have all these things. The and paper on the wall. Yeah, and it needs to be able to make sense for you. You know, I would say that there, Fortunately for us, there has been a big boom in the conversation of the importance of trades mm-hmm. and how, hey, you want to make sure you're setting yourself up for success, have a skill, have value that you can create for a company by having a direct trade or knowledge in something, some certification, and that's very helpful. I still think four-year uh, college is extremely valuable, mm-hmm. and I think the discussion is Maybe we miss the point on the discussion sometimes of a uh, four-year college can be for everybody, but it's not for every 18-year-old. Right? It's not for every 20-year-old. Uh, some, some it is for them, right? Uh, just like for us, if you want to get a direct trade or you want to get a direct education and you get a uh, diploma whenever you leave Unitech, you don't get a degree because we don't teach gen eds. We're not teaching any uh, history uh, algebra 101 any of those things that you have to take in order to get a degree or an associate degree we're strictly job training we're going to try to do our best to prepare you to go be very proficient and successful Mm -hmm. in the field you want to work in and then from there you know some people might say i want to stack this and i want to go get my associate's degree and then go get my degree or some people might say that's all i want to do some people have been working in this field forever. I'm out on it. I want to pivot and make a career change, and I want to go do this. So it depends where you fit in and where you're at. But these these, these big, broad discussions that most people have of, well, there's no value in the four-year degree. Well, though there is immense value in the four-year degree. Mm-hmm. Or you're not going to maximize your life if you only get a trade certificate. Well by whose definition, right? And so I would say it depends what your individual plan is, what mm-hmm. your goal is. It's kind of like teaching to the middle when we have a lot of these conversations, right? There's still immense value in a four-year degree. There's great value in an associate degree, but it depends on the individual, it depends how you leverage it, it depends mm-hmm. how you do it. We, like we tell our students, I can't guarantee you a job, you know, whenever you come work at Unitech, because I can't call Dr. Bob at Dr. Bob's pharmacy and say, hey, Jane's starting on Monday. Well, no, Doug Rob's going to say, well, I want to meet her and I want to make sure she's a culture fit and that Mm -hmm. she shows up on time and that she has really good soft skills. Uh, And so we partner with our students and we advocate like crazy for them. We build relationships in the Mm -hmm. community and we go through. You teach them
0: soft skills? Yes,
1: that's a huge part of it. Timeliness, professionalism. A lot of our students are on a lower socioeconomic scale. And at this day and time, it doesn't matter what. Associate, right. where you fall on a socioeconomic scale, here's like a fork, salt, here's like like what is that? Soft skills are, man, they're <laughs> it's rough, you know. Because, uh, but that's where you come in. And in some cases, we have six to nine months to really try to really work with them to try to make them good professionals. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our students are just they're brilliant. They're so smart, and but they have not been shown uh, certain skills that we have to really work in. So it's not just having seminars. Seminars are nice or trainings. We have to embed it into how we deliver education. So you know, whenever you're practicing drawing blood, for example, it's not just the direct process of drawing blood. It's like, okay, here's how here's a, here's role play, right? This uh, patient has a lot of anxiety, they're really mm-hmm. upset. You have to draw their blood, you're going to approach them. And so while you're doing all this, you're calculating, you know, uh, okay, I need to make sure that I'm addressing her the right way. I need to make sure that I'm going in at the right angle with uh, the syringe. I mm-hmm. need to make sure that I'm doing all the. So I'm, I'm doing the steps, but I'm also factoring all the world that's around me because that's what real world is, you know. And if mm-hmm. you don't practice that repeatedly every day and they only get that real world experience when they go on their uh, clinical rotation – yeah. Well, that, that they're not prepared. And so we really take a big approach to what, what's our value add, what separates us from other schools is, mm-hmm. well, how well prepared our students are going to be what's going to be our separator. And so, you know, that's important. And I know I'm like, Way off in left field from what you were talking about earlier. But uh,
0: no, it's all relevant. Well, you, and know, you let them
1: draw your blood, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> absolutely. I, I like to
1: say the phlebotomy <laughs> students got me a lot more than the massage <laughs> therapy students, you know. But I, uh, uh, yeah, my only rule is I can't be in your first 10. But, you know, outside of that, yeah, let's, let's go, right? It's fine. And they, oh and they always do a good job. They always do a good job. Uh, if I can, I don't let them know who I am mm-hmm. before they do it. Because that would make them nervous. Yeah, yeah, a lot of times it does. And so I'm just some guy at the campus, you know, because yeah. our home office is over here in the oil center. And so I'm at the Lafayette campus, oddly enough, about as much as I'm at the Homa campus or the West Monroe campus or the New Orleans campus, you know, any of those. And so when I – the, the all the employees know me, but the the students don't the know students me. Don't, students don't yeah. know me very much, right? And that's probably good. Like, well yeah. it's fine. It's just you know when I go there, I'll go introduce myself, I'll talk to them, I'll see how things are going, you know, mm-hmm. and it's all good. We joke and we have a good time. But um Are you like the equivalent of a dean uh, in a position, do you think? It's an interesting question. Um huh. uh, so we have campus management, and so we have like a, a campus director. That would be the equivalent of a campus president, mm-hmm. that they in, are in charge of all things at each campus. We have our support office that helps them through adding student services, making sure we're doing the right. And I had all that up. So, you know, I, I don't know. I'm like CEO of an actual company. Yeah. And so I tell people it's More interesting business. because we are a business and a school. The two are mm-hmm. – they have to be in harmony with each other all the time. We can't get too business-heavy. Because we lose why why we're here, we lose track of the mission, and we start to uh, slacking on our services to our students, and we can never have that. Mm-hmm. And if we get too school heavy, well, then we can't afford the operation. You know, right. so we have to be able to keep everything in harmony and understand that doing things well is important. And uh, again, using the word profit, you know, at the end of the day you have to make a profit or you're going to close your doors. It's like I tell everybody. It comes down to, I don't care if you're running a lemonade stand, you know, if you're Mm -hmm. spending more money than you're making, you're in trouble. Right. right? So for us, it's uh, how are we in a healthy position? We invest back into the school school system all the time, new lab equipment, Mm -hmm. you know, new uh, resources, adding support at the campus if we grow in student population, uh, making sure that we are uh, being able to offer good services as we go. It is pricey to come to school. You know, I I don't shy away from that. Our goal here is to give people good outcomes, make sure that they're progressively graduating with less debt. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, we don't get subsidized. So everything is driven through tuition. You know, uh, uh, the four year system, the community college system, again, I want to make sure that I'm clear when I say they are really doing a good job Mm -hmm. at, especially over the past five years, they have really been making a big effort and it's showing like, Louisiana is catching up with the rest of the country. I mean, it, 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 we're moving at a faster pace than a lot of our mm-hmm. uh, sister states, if you will. And so it's encouraging to see. But they can operate programs at a loss and get subsidized by the state. Right, you and know, you can't. Uh, we yeah. can't. So it costs a little bit more money to come here because mainly of that, right? Mm-hmm. And so we try to keep tuition as capped as we possibly can. That's a big value, value set of mine is to make this affordable uh, as much as we can. And, you know, Pell Grants yeah, I wanted loans, to get into that. they, they make yeah. it accessible to be able to come mm-hmm. to school, which is great because uh, a lot of uh, our students do receive Pell Grants, and they'll end up graduating with uh, significantly less debt than what the program actually mm-hmm. costs because they do get those granted money. The state has invested with the MJ Foster Promise Program that has uh, allowed for more uh, grants for students to get uh, – career education to get credentialing, which is helpful. We're constantly encouraging them to pay out of pocket if they can, to set them up for success Mm -hmm. outside of Unitech after they leave, that they have just less debt. We're also looking for, we have partnerships that we are establishing with community organizations to try to help them get grant and scholarship money. So the goal here is uh, have them graduate with as little debt as possible have them earn yeah. as much as they can. Ready to gain, hit the ground? Have gainful yep. employment where they're supporting themselves mm-hmm. and their family, working through these steps. And there's a lot of work that goes into that, but it, it, it's it's good work and it's worth it. And it is challenging, but hey, that's why we're here and that's why we're doing a good right. job with what we do. And you know, we don't back around back down from the challenge.
0: Can you explain how the Pell Grant works and the income? Like this is for people that are yeah. a certain income, right, that qualify for federal aid. Is it a grant
1: or is it a loan? Well, so in the Title IV program, uh, which we're able to receive Title IV, Title IV uh, income for our students because we are accredited through uh, the Council on Occupational Education, that which is uh, an accredited agency that's approved through the Department of Education. And since we are accredited, we have access to those funds for our students to be able to come to school. Uh, so... A Pell Grant is granted funds that you qualify for from the federal government based off of your income. It's so not based on grades it's or anything? A, it's no, it, it, it's pr- it's uh, primarily just your income, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's a sliding scale depending on how much money you make and how many dependents you have, where you're at in your family, all of that, right? So uh, I think right now you can max out. It's approximately a neighborhood of $6,800 for a full-time student of what you could what you per
0: could, semester or year
1: uh yeah well spot, f- well yeah. first it's per year per, okay. aca- per academic year well, right that's good. and so uh and then you have subsidized loans and unsubsidized loans yeah uh, and so subsidized loans a little lower interest but you uh don't start paying those back until 6 months after you leave school unsubsidized loans you start accruing interest immediately mm-hmm. but you don't have to pay those back again until after you leave, but the interest accrue in the entire time. So our goal here is to have students get as much uh, money that they can that they do not have to pay back, right? Because interest-bearing loans,
0: mm-hmm. it's a
1: big discussion right now. Student loan debt is a, yeah. a big conversation, and it's an important conversation. People need to be set up for success, which means they don't need to be, re- uh, you know, bogged down with student loan debt and nothing to show for it. That's problematic. So for us, if we can get our students here where okay, a lot of them are going to receive full Pell grant because they have a zero EFC score, which is estimated family contribution towards their education. You know, Mm -hmm. they do their calculations because it's a zero. Okay, well, then they qualify for full Pell. So, again, if they get some grants, and then we have students that the MJ Foster program is helping. You also have uh, other scholarships that we're working for. They do cash pay. So now somebody can graduate. You know, again, this is – this is all individual because everybody's financial mm-hmm. background is different, right? So this is not a this is a case by case basis. But you have some scenarios where somebody can graduate, you know, with about five thousand to seven thousand dollars in debt. You put that on a repayment period of ten years. So you're looking, I don't know, you're in the ballpark of between sixty and eighty dollars a month repayments. That's not bad. Wow. It's not bad for you to get started, but we want to lower that. Right. You know, we always want to lower it. And again, we can't guarantee uh, that you're going to get a Pell Grant or a loan because I just don't know your financial background. Mm-hmm. You know, you might come in here making $100,000 a year. Well, you don't qualify for that, especially if you only have, like, maybe one kid, right? And so those things are important to be able to look at. So if you qualify for financial aid uh, through a grants or loans, great. great. But it doesn't stop because w- even when we're done with the financial aid office and you're packaged and, let's say, you have loans – Great. Throughout the entire time here, we want to be offering scholarship opportunities, uh, grant opportunities for people to apply for, go get. So that if they get that, they can then bring that to Unitech and we can refund some of those loans. Mm-hmm. And so we're chipping away. You right. Know? So you might start off with, all right, I'm packaged with nine thousand dollars in loans, but by the end of your program, you know, we, we've chipped that down now to like seventy five hundred or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we try not to. And and that's the challenge, right? I really want to lower tuition. That's a that's in my vision board for us to be able to do that. But the only way for us to do that is through scale,
0: You right. know, is
1: by going through and uh, increasing uh, the student population at our different markets, growing mm-hmm. the campuses, offering new programs that are in demand. And through that, we can scale it down because we have to meet affordability. At the end of the day, we just have to meet affordability. Right. And so the problem is, again, my, my works, my workforce, they're human beings. They want pay raises. They want more PTO. They want more benefits. Uh, equipment costs more money. Inflation's a real thing. And so prices are continuously going mm-hmm. up. And so for me to con to continuously keep tuition capped uh, is a challenge because prices are going up every year for everything. Uh, with a new way of doing business, which, again, it's great, but just it's more competitive. Employees mm-hmm. want more, more and more. And cool, I got you. We're trying to make that work without uh, strapping the students down with debt. Mm-hmm. And so we, the, the only two ways to continue to meet affordability really are to raise tuition or to scale, to continue to grow this thing. And so we're trying to grow it and move that, and I think that's important. Uh, but even if we do have to raise tuition – Gradually, every other year, we're trying to keep it low, but that does not remove our goal of trying to have them graduate with less debt. Yeah, so it just makes it harder, but the goal okay. remains. Like, how do we, if we're going to raise tuition? Okay, how's the average debt still coming down? Mm-hmm. It just makes us better and better at what we do.
0: What's locally? Um, what are some of the higher in-demand job fields that in the Lafayette area?
1: Well, it's interesting. Address. Yeah, well, medical is really good, right? I mean, the thing with medical is there's so many doctor's offices, hospitals, clinics, and there's such a need right now for just support staff and, and healthcare. And this is also, there. not only is it a big field, but there are so many jobs within the field, right? So Moving up the ladder is a thing. Some people go work in the allied health field, medical field for a while, and they just get burnout, mm-hmm. which creates opening for somebody else. A lot of people go into the field, and then they want to move up, which creates openings for somebody else. So when we're putting out regular uh, graduates uh, to go, you know, fill these needs. The likelihood that they're going to be in that same role five to seven years from now, you know, they're probably going to move on. And, and move up, because in some cases, they get out. Yeah. You know, in other cases, they move up. They want to continue to go be the next step or move that up. And so uh, not everybody is a phlebotomist for seven, eight, nine years, right? Uh, some are. Uh, it just depends on where they're at. But there's so many openings here in mm-hmm. this market that, uh, you know, there's always a need. Uh, Louisiana's, and UL is trying to respond to this real well right now. Louisiana is on a path to be at a 3,000. Nurse three thousand nurse shortage by twenty thirty. My goodness. A- and that is massive. That's bad for all of us too. Yeah. Have, and to so numbers. Where do we all fit into that and how do we mm-hmm. how do we, you know, again, mine is it's absolutely not on my vision board to do anything with uh like RNs or anything like that. That's not that's not our lane in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that uh We don't try to outgrow who we are and what we do. We're direct line front staff. Maybe an LPN program someday is something we could look at. Um, But for now, uh, I want to support frontline work Mm -hmm. for work staff where we're at. Support LSUe. Support UL. Support SLCC and their endeavors for what they're doing because it's not us versus them. It's 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 us and them. You know, it's everybody. It's everybody for us to get this where it needs to be because Louisiana has a lot of needs. We got to work together to get this thing moving, and we are—we're doing a good job. What about our high school students? I know, like SLCC and others, will partner
0: to have dual enrollment in things. Can right. kids, at this point, partner with Unitac to if they're looking at doing something? I don't know what types of things you do besides right. Allied Health.
1: You know, right? Well, again, we've done some IT. We do early childhood. We uh, not machinery type of things. Not yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, that's that's uh, we're in the process right now of creating our next three-year plan. Uh, we are. Getting close to the end of that because we're going into effect with it in January. Uh, those are one of the things we want to look at more of. Yeah, we've had conversations in the past, but candidly, it's just a—it's a big leap. Huh? Well, it's, it's it's resource strapped, right? You know, I mean, our team is really good, but expanding out doing new things we we're, we're very strategic with it, and we have to prioritize where we need to be. And there's this list of needs, list of wants list of where we'd like to be, right? you know, and so that has uh, worked its way from where we'd like to be to the wants to, mm-hmm. you know, we're, 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 we're progressively moving closer to that. But it's collaboration. It's working with other entities, see how we can best help and fit in. As I tell people, when you come to me with things that we can help you with, it moves a lot quicker than me having to create right. the, That's what I the thought. process. Yeah. Uh, because we're very open and agreeable, but again, all of my team... They have full-time jobs that they're doing, and mm-hmm. so when we do extra things, it's very intentional. It's very planned out. It's very working methodically to get to the next thing that we want to mm-hmm. do, and yeah, we'd love to do that. I, I I was joking with somebody. as I see some of uh, our sister schools over here, some other uh, schools in Lafayette that – they go out, and they're at every single event, and they're just oh, really? posting recruiting? it. And well, not just recruiting, but just doing community good. And they're out uh-huh. there, and like they just have positions that I'm the community person. I'm out here, and I'm just doing community good. I said, ah is that you? Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I said man I, I I want one of those. I love that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to grow and be go able to get that so people can see where <laughs> we're at. Man. I want somebody to go out there and like, you mm-hmm. know, just go go spread the good word, you know? I think that's great, but I do what I can, you know. I'm in, a, in involved in the community quite a bit. Yeah, and yeah, uh we and we've put a we've put a lot of effort uh recently into creating avenues where our team members can do the same because we need mm-hmm. to branch out, we need to do that. We're do we do pretty well in Lafayette. It's the other markets that I think we need to do yeah. a little bit better in in terms of just Having people understand, because it's not that people have an unfavorable view about Unitech, uh, in my opinion, as much as there's still just a lot of people that don't know who we are, what right. we do, and even people that are in Lafayette, they're like, man, I had no idea you had all these campuses and these Especially early the centers, and you early did. learning. I didn't know yeah. you did all this stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that's my fault,
0: you know, because no, <laughs> I had to let you know. <laughs> how many students do you have?
1: Yeah, so at any given time, we have a rolling enrollment of around 1,100. That's uh, a lot. Yeah, so, you know, it's uh, – we start school with regularity. So most of our programs are starting school. We're starting new students every week. So that means we have students every week. Yeah. Yeah. We have a rolling model and mom created that by design because how does that work. Well, uh, with a lot of work, it, mm-hmm. it's, um, I, I, the analogy I tell everybody, it's like a Ferris wheel, you know, you go to the, you go to the fair mm-hmm. and, uh, Get in line and hop well, on? Well, you hop on a ride. The ride never really stops. Right. People get on and people get off at different points, but the ride just keeps on going. That's like us with our curriculum. We go all the way through. We never really stop. Well, for the it's professors,
0: a, though, like for the teachers, that's Well, a I mean, lot. it's—
1: yeah, but I mean, mm-hmm. that's us having processes that we work in, try to support them, mm-hmm. work through that, have different work hours. That... So, you don't have to
0: wait till like August to start no, a program. You just right
1: on. Well, that's by design. Mom made that mm-hmm. say, so, hey, look, man, if you want to start your life and you want to change it, we can Ready help you. today. Because th- the sooner you get in, the sooner you get out, and you can start earning for your family. Mm-hmm. And so, mom created a model where we onboard you where we're at in the program, cool. and, yeah. and we'll catch you up to speed, and we'll get you in there. It's mm-hmm. not the easiest model, I'll give you—like, I, I concede that to people. It's a challenge challenge uh in some cases but we do a really good job of bringing you in uh making you feel comfortable you don't get a grade for anything like your first week you know mm-hmm. and so you get acclimated to where See the class for is for you yeah. well you push well i mean I, hopefully it is for them right but we don't you know you come in the day before a test we're not gonna mm-hmm. you know Get, make you take that test, right? I mean, so... Especially if it's like drawing blood. Yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> exactly we're right. About that. Yeah. yeah, so we acclimate you into the process, mm-hmm. but it's by design because when you're taking in a lot of frontline workers, uh listen, traditionally, a lot of them are going to be lower socioeconomic, right? They're trying to get that foot in. They're trying mm-hmm. to start their career. We want to be able to help you get there as quickly as possible and as successful as possible. And, you know, we have the same, if you look across... um any other school uh, that is a vocational school, so, I mean, we have, uh, it's not like we're rushing them through the process. Mm-hmm. We know we go through it. We provide an opportunity for you to start sooner. We have similar, if not better, attrition rates uh, than other institutions. You talk about that. Yeah. I mean, you do our, have a high graduation. Yeah, rate and our, completion. yeah. Yeah. And our students, they stay in school compared mm-hmm. to a lot of other institutions, right? So this isn't like, oh, they're coming in, they're trying to rush them in to start Monday. No, I don't care who you are. You can be at any admissions office again, not to pick on my four years, my community college, my other vocational schools. When those students go visit admissions, admissions is going to try to enroll you in their school. and it's, They're going to try to enroll you for their next start date. In some cases, it's a semester. In some cases, it's a month. Ours happens to be Monday, right? <laughs> we don't rush you through the process. We go through the same admissions process as other institutions. You know, it's obviously the Unitech process, but it's not really that different than anywhere else. We sit you down. We talk about the programs. We go back and forth on questions. Find out what you want and what you mm-hmm. want to learn. Why you want to learn it. What your why are you having this thought process that you want to pursue this specific field, right? Really get into it. Tour the campus. Make sure you're comfortable with us. You go spend time with financial aid. Understand how mm-hmm. you're going to finance your education. And we go through that. That's a very similar process to any other school, right? You know, it's just uh, and they'll leave and they're ready to go. But as I tell people, would it make you you know is there a big difference if they start Monday versus if they start in three weeks or if they start in a month, if it's the exact same process, you know, if, if they decide they don't want to come, they don't come right. This is, this is our goal here is to add value. You know, it's not a pressure thing. It's not a, anything like that. It's to actually help students be able to come in so you can graduate, mm-hmm. you know, sooner. Yeah. And that's, and that's the goal. And yeah, I think it's a good conversation to have as we talk to people, but it's a, it's interesting. It is untraditional.
0: Are some of the students are students to be, are they timid about asking for guidance, you know, did some of them maybe experience struggles in school? I guess all of us can say we did, but I mean, are are you getting...
1: I think as much as any any other institution, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. For us, see, our students really, I don't find our students to be any different than a lot of other institution students, right? Mm -hmm. We just happen to offer the thing that they want, and we're good at what we do, and they want to come to Unitech. And so, yeah, some people are quiet in admissions and timid. Some people, they will talk your ear off and you'll be there for a long time. People fall all over that spectrum. and So uh, our goal is to identify the needs of where our students need help and to build Mm -hmm. those up. Again, sometimes it can be soft skills because, look, that's an important thing. If you're a timid person, that's all good and well, but you have to represent yourself well whenever you're applying for a job. Mm -hmm. You know, People Mm -hmm. need to be confident in kind of who you are, what you can bring to their company. And so we take that Seriously, and we go into that approach to make sure that we're developing our students to be, because here's, here's the thing that is, this has been constant my entire career at Unitech, but it has seem seemingly amplified, which is interesting, is soft skill development.
0: Mm-hmm. It's,
1: I want people that are going to show up to work on time, people that don't have to micromanage, people that are just going to do their job at a decent level. I'm not expecting, you know, the moon and the stars. I'm just expecting yeah. a solid employee, right? If I can get that and I'm, I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is, again, I'm, I'm on this workforce and education committee, you know, uh, for, one, a. for 1A, and mm-hmm. I, I'll go and listen to industry talk, you know, cause this is really a time for industry to talk about this is, mm-hmm. this is what we want. And it's not just vocational students, man. It's, it's all students coming out, uh, people's work ethic, Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and again, people can throw out generational. I, I, I'm not sure if there is a generation throughout history that doesn't think that the generation after them works less hard, but uh, <laughs> or yeah. has
0: poorer music. Right. right,
2: right, yeah, right, sure, right. You know, or bad bad catchphrases and mm-hmm. slang.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure, all, all the above, right? Yeah. And so, you know, we listen to it, but it's an adaptation of listen. If you want to get employed, yeah, it's important for you to Minimum, know. Yeah. Well, this is whether you this is aligned with your value sets or not and if it isn't let's have that discussion let's let's talk about the why's mm-hmm. uh, but you don't want to just have the discussion hey tough you know this is what you have to do if you want to work in the field well no let I me mean, let's talk about the why this is what the manager expects this is why they expect it this is how it impacts their bottom line this is how it impacts their performance evaluation depending on what the the tier is and who the manager is people there's one universal truth for hiring managers Every I don't care what industry you you're in or what you do there's one universal truth everybody wants to hire somebody that's going to make their life easier right they right. they don't want anybody that's just going to make their life harder so when you're interviewing for a job your goal is not to tell them how great you are your job is to convince them that you're the answer to their problems mm-hmm. you're the person that's going to make their life easier How you do that is going to change based off of the industry and how you need to speak and how you need to present yourself but the, the goal here, because we go to interviews and we're always so uh, nervous and we have our answers memorized about how we're going to talk about ourselves. And, you know, the big thing we talk about with our students and about you, it's about the person interviewing you and what they want. And we can start from a foundation of. They want somebody that is gonna make their life easier. Mm-hmm. And so what does that look like in this field? And let's and start not and wondering let's, and like let's start, how many days they get yeah, off, you know. Yeah, and let, well let's start <laughs> let's start to unpack it, right? Right. And so understanding that is really important going into mm-hmm. it because people are nervous because you know, they don't know what they're gonna be asked. They don't mm-hmm. know, you know, they, they have their canned answers for what they think people are gonna ask. But when you can go in there with just a mindset of, I know what I'm trying to accomplish here, mm-hmm. right? I typically see a lot of success with that.
0: You know, I want to pivot a little bit and talk about you personally, what you bring to Unitech. Um And first of all, before I ask that, what does Unitech stand for?
1: Well, so that's a, I heard you on an interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah. Let me give you a little abbreviation here of that. So— uh, when we moved to Lafayette, uh, Mom opened a uniform scrub suit uh, shop, right? Okay. Medical medical uniforms mm-hmm. would sell that out. Well, I don't know. I don't know if we did too much research on what was about to happen downtown. But downtown, about a month or two later, started this beautification project, and they ripped up all the sidewalks to put in brick pavers, right? And well, that killed foot traffic. And for a young startup, if you will, that had no marketing budget, mm-hmm. uh. That was tough, right? Because nobody really knew who you were. Yeah, had n- not much marketing uh, budget. You spent a lot of your money on inventory mm. and now nobody can get to your store, right? Or know you exist. So we took it, you know, we we took it to the streets and we were on weekends at uh time Lafayette General, we were in their parking lot putting uh flyers under windshield wipers <laughs> and uh, just going out, just letting people know. Mm-hmm. We exist. It to the streets. I'm yeah, you know, you know took the show yeah. on the road, right? And uh, mom would go to uh, schools, vocational colleges, to let them know, here's what I offer here. Scrubs. You know, yeah. I have this, buy your scrubs from me. Because she was familiar. She was a director of education prior in North Louisiana um, or another vocational school. So she was familiar with just the model, if you mm-hmm. will, and going there. And you know, a lot of times they'd say, yeah, sure, wait in the back That's of the class, when the teacher's done, you can go make your pitch, let them know. You know, very accommodating. My mom would sit in the back of the class and listen to, listen to them teach. And she's like, oh, boy, you know, <laughs> we this, this isn't great. You know, we could be, we could be doing better than this. Uh, and so really started the thought process of what would it look like if I opened mm-hmm. a, a school, right? And so she opened the school. She, mo- she moved to uh, a 1,600-square-foot small facility facility. Uh, in a shopping center on Johnson Street, Uh, that old Burke. Well, you know where they're building the uh, new—it's where Mr. Gaddy's and Academy used to be. It's Mm -hmm. uh, where they're building that new development. Right. So, like, across from that, Fiesta Village. So, she— Oh, yeah. So, she—like, a 1,600-square-foot place in there, like, three rooms. It was, like, a classroom and then a little lab and— the other room was had the scrub suits in there. So she she, she kept that, you know, because she, she needed to sell that stuff, right? And so she had a, a technical school and uniform shop. So Unitech was born. That's she cool. kind of married the names on that. Oh. Yeah. And uh, What was her first class? You know? A, a CNA. Uh, That's cool. Yeah. And so she had uh, six people started uh-huh. and... Again, that was back when mom was admissions teacher, career mm. services, financial aid, all of it. I mean she was a scrapper. Oh listen, man, she's she's still a scrapper. Yeah, right? yeah. Forever and always. You know, she mm-hmm. was uh hey, look, she was a young LPN and and she was a deputy sheriff in Washthall Parish. And <laughs> That's so cool. And you know, she she's had a, she's had an interesting background. But yeah, no, she's amazing, but mm-hmm. she's uh she's a tough cookie, man. Is but she she's still great. Pack? What's that? Does she have a gun? Uh, she hadn't shot a gun in a long time. <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, it's not that she, she would. Yeah. You know, but uh, at least not to my knowledge. I was, you might be going to the range on the weekends when I'm not around. I don't know, but i don't yeah. I don't think so anyway.
0: Yeah. I was just curious about the background. So, yeah, so back, you know, to you and what you bring to Unitech, I heard you say in an interview that I enjoyed with your neighbor, if you can remind Jeff, um, yeah, Jeff Martin. Martin does a local podcast also. And you talked about learning about management. And about looking at people with love. Yeah. And so talk about
1: your heart. I think a lot of people carry insecurities around, and I think that's important. And people don't mean to be—they don't have intentionality to be rude or to be, uh, you know, come across the wrong way. I think that a lot of times people are misunderstood with their intentionality because of their insecurities and their anxieties. And it's like, again, we'll talk about going to a networking event or going to anywhere where— you're kind of on an island, right? You have all these uh, stories you tell yourself about, you know, how do I look right now? You know, am I going to sound silly? How do I go start a conversation with somebody? You know, we have all these mm-hmm. isms we tell ourselves. And that can really shape how you come across. It can really shape how you conduct yourself, uh, you know, because as I tell people, if I'm a naturally kind of shy person, the more you move up the ranks, you start to look like a jerk, because you're standoffish and you may not be, but that's just pe- when you're mm-hmm. a CEO or you're the boss, you're supposed to be this big person. Now, that's what people expect. You're the guy in charge. And so if you're not going up to them, you're not supposed to be insecure. Here they are. And so uh, I don't remember where I heard it. I really want to credit, but I just, I don't. I mean, I guess we can say Brene Brown, cause she's the one who typically teaches a lot of this stuff. But when you look onto people with love instead of fear, mm-hmm. It really changes the whole thing, right? If, if I look at you and, hey, I care about you, you know, it's like how, how you look at a family member instead of a stranger, for example, right? Like if I decide, you know what, I care about this person before I go up and meet them, it's just a mindset thing. I go up mm-hmm. to them and say, hey, I am know it's really nice to meet you because I have decided that I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you're not mm-hmm. going to be some awful, mean, just judgmental person. Right. And it's really, really easy to get in that mindset of I want to stand in a corner over here and just look at my drink or, you know, pick up my food off my plate instead of engaging with people uh, because I'm not naturally somebody who would go up and do that. But I've kind of evolved into it because you get yourself into a mindset of I care about this person, mm-hmm. And it's so much easier to go talk to people whenever you just think in those terms. Yeah, assume the best. Yes, you assume the best. And we always assume the worst. I don't know if it's embedded in us as a society. We're we're always assuming the worst. Not all of us do, but most of us do. Well, as a society, I would say it seems Mm -hmm. like it's taking on a a bit of an identity where uh, somebody is imperfect, and now you just throw them out. You know, yeah. and it, it's like, I don't know who can live We're up to that. We're all imperfect. Yeah, and I don't know who can live up to that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you just give people the benefit of the doubt, now, again, there are some people that earn
0: ne- <laughs> negative, ne- yeah, ne- negative
1: uh, you know, reviews <laughs> or thoughts. But uh, for the most part, mm-hmm. uh, I think mo- uh, a lot of people, at least in Lafayette that I've met, they're baked in with good intentions. Not everybody, but, uh, again, I've done a lot better assuming good than assuming bad. You um, approach your employees – and your
0: management with, with this attitude?
1: I do. I tried. And again, I've started being a better boss and a better leader whenever I got out of my own way. Mm -hmm. And that was really important because again, it was, I was such a, it's almost like I was pleading with people to like, just do it this way. And you're going to see success. Why aren't you listening? (laughs) Kind of like, you know, and, and, but also just getting there and doing it myself. And, I would get frustrated. That's a human thing. You know, I just just don't understand why they're not doing it this Mm -hmm. way. And when I slowed it up and I said, you know what, I care about this person. This is the, you know, I'm going to take this approach that if you are under the Unituck umbrella, I genuinely care about you and I want you to be successful. I've had uh, some employees that have, you know, in 2023, they have left to go to different places and – I give them like gift cards and thank you notes because I'm really happy for them Mm -hmm. that they move forward. If somebody's leaving Unitech to go to a lateral move, I don't really like that because – You've trained them. Well, I I think – well, it's not that I'm – I think it's more indicative of the environment not being what it should have been. But if somebody's leaving to move up where we didn't Mm -hmm. have an opportunity for them at the time, I'm happy for them. I want people to move up, hopefully in Unitech, but if not, they're at least moving up. They're doing better. We have helped them along their way. And how we train, how we develop people matters a lot. And when you take that big mindset shift, I notice that other people start adapting that and other Mm -hmm. people feel more safe because I never had bad intentions, but intentions are different than reality. We're all the heroes of our own story. And I don't think I was a bad boss at any point, but it doesn't mean I was a great boss. Mm -hmm. And I really am trying to make that shift to supporting my team. They're going to mess up, create that, allowance for them to mess up. But again, holding them accountable for how we're going to respond from that. How are we going to adjust? And all that stuff matters. So, but it's a mindset shift that it starts with me because nobody else can be healthy and loving and caring in an environment if I'm not, Mm -hmm. because I set the standard and those things are important. Are you
0: more relaxed because of this? (laughs) Are you getting better results? You know, uh, I'm significantly more relaxed. Uh, you're not running – like you're not the director of every act in
1: the play anymore. Huh? Right, which is a big shift mm-hmm. me- mentally. You know, it's, it's hard a, to let that a, go. And my and my team is uh, – I have some really good new members of my team here uh, that we've added, and they are doing a good job of pushing me away and saying, we got it. We got it. You mm-hmm. don't need to do it. You don't need to do it. We got it. And and we're flourishing because of that. We're doing good stuff, and it's, mm-hmm. it's good. I don't want – to micromanage that's not in my you know list of desires uh we're just we're very very heavily uh regulated yeah and so I always want to make sure you got it you know before I let it go. Mm-hmm. And then once I know you have it I'll let it go. Right. I'm just doing a better job of seeing that people got it. Right. <laughs> you know, instead of just you know coming through and asking hey do we do this? Do we do this? We're like yes yes yes. But right. but anyway it's good. And so it's a, uh, But it's all just a mentality shift that if I am going to see this company succeed, I have to continuously learn new skills to let it, Mm -hmm. to give it oxygen, to let it breathe, to let it do, to let it grow. And again, you have to hire good people to be able Mm -hmm. to do it because when you you hire the wrong people, uh, you get some PTSD from that. And it's hard to overcome that, you know, in terms of, you know, letting people have it because you'll let people have it and then they'll just You know, and so having a good team, training and supporting them well, making sure they feel supported, let them go out and do good work. Uh, Mm. Yeah, it all sounds good and well, but it's, and and practical application, it's tough to do, but uh, it's rewarding when you do it well. What local causes
0: do you like to support? You know, outside of work? What do you get involved in?
1: Yeah, well, uh, first one I'm going to go to is Big Brothers Big Sisters of Acadiana. Mm-hmm. I've been on the board since 2015. Uh, I've been the board president for the past two years, and I'm looking forward to continuing to support them, but letting somebody else be the president. Uh, uh, we have a lot of good people on the board, and i um, I'm also an active big brother uh, you are. Uh, yeah, in the program. One of the reasons I, I wanted to be involved with that was because when we moved to Lafayette, we enrolled. I enrolled as a child in the program, but we didn't have enough male volunteers, and so I never got matched. Oh. And that, I was like, man, I really wanted that. Mm-hmm. And so for me, uh, I really wanted to be involved on the board to try to help that problem so that it wouldn't happen again in the future. And— We've done a very good job of increasing male volunteers. Still need them, but it, mm-hmm. we have increased them dramatically. And uh, again, I myself am one, and I really wanted to be a, a, a big. Uh, we just made three years my little and me. And um, how old is your little? He actually just turned uh, seventeen. So oh, he's yeah, big yeah. little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Right, right. Yeah. So I got him when he just turned fourteen. So that's uh, so cool. Now. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is pretty cool. And so uh, we didn't initially have a lot in common. uh, However, over time, we've gotten there. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a soc- soccer guy. <laughs> I'm not, you know. Uh, but you know, he started picking up some of my interests, which is cool. Like, he want, we've started playing golf, and he's really, really? into that. So, you know, wow. that's it, pretty cool, you know, to be able to see that. He's opening up more, laughing and joking more. And so it's, it's, it's really rewarding and cool to be able to see that. Mm-hmm. I took him to, uh, you know – I took him to go buy his first suit, uh, oh. you know, and I bet and his get mom is uh, grateful. Yeah, yeah, she's it's a really good family, really mm-hmm. good family, and so uh, that's been rewarding. Also, you know, uh, I've, I've done a lot through um, leadership development programs. I also uh, I'm involved in a lot of stuff, man. I mean, we do we we give so much, we give back so much to charity, uh, but anything that goes into community education and you know, mm-hmm. again the vibrant. Uh, community by yeah. one Acadiana, they're doing their, uh, vibrant Acadiana initiative. Mm-hmm. Uh, we sponsored one of the talks for community leader to come in and talk about early childhood. Uh, you know, so just trying to be involved in the community as much as we can. I'm the president of the state association for, uh, private colleges and schools. Oh. Uh, we, uh,
0: what is that called?
1: Uh, Louisiana Association of Private Colleges and Schools.
0: Just like it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: LAPCS. Yeah, that's it. And so. Uh, <laughs> uh, Thank goodness. I'm, yeah. Right. Put you right. On the spot. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, pretty involved with that, trying to help our students mm-hmm. uh, as much as I can through working with policymakers and making sure that, uh, regardless of how people might feel about vocational schools versus community colleges versus four-year colleges, that our students aren't paying the price for any bad politics or any bad policy decisions, you know, and they can get their resources that they need to be set them up for success. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going through that is really important. I know there's other stuff I'm involved in. I'm just blanking right now. I'm on like three boards, but, mm-hmm. uh, and part of a lot of other organizations. And so, um, you know, I was co-chair last year of Leadership Lafayette mm-hmm. and was able to help give back that way, which a lot of a lot of work, but that was really rewarding. Good. Got to meet a lot of people. Your network really blows up in that program, yeah. which is great. It's great.
0: So we're here with Jason Sikora as we're recording our show. <laughs> I'm going to try to change my lingo. No worries. Do you have
2: any questions? <laughs> I, I have so many questions, I had to narrow it down. Uh, Noah, thank you for being here, first of all. Uh, comment first. You you said, and I, I put this in quotes here, how am I going to make your life easier? I think that's so important, and I think that's kind of— um, a theme in, in listening to you talk is being of service. And we joked ahead of time, like we live in this country, of what about me, what about me? Mm-hmm. And as opposed to what do I bring to the table for somebody else? When my boss comes up to me and asks me to do something, it's because he trusts me to do it to make his life yeah. easier, not right. because he's trying to give me more work. Right. You know?
1: I think that's a good point. You know, when there are terms like boss, entrepreneur, uh, business owners – a lot of times people get a bad rap when they're really good people just trying to do their job at a high level. But for them to do their job at a high level, they need you to do their job at a high level. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people think business owners have it, you know, have it made. Their life is so great and they're good. Listen, man, <laughs> being a business owner is not for the faint of heart. I mean, yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times that, you know, I'm having, I've had to give money back to Unitech to make payroll to be able to do these things. Cause that's real life of what yeah. it doesn't mean we're unhealthy. It just means that money ran really short that uh, week and we had a lot of expenses and it just flowed that way. Yeah. Other times it gets back, but there's a lot of pressure goes into it. So you will find a lot of people do not handle pressure well and they become the jerk boss or the tough yeah. man, and people yeah. will create or, you know, you'll see instances where people are hoarding money and, uh, People are struggling that work for them, and it just becomes this assumption that well, that's how it is. Like, yeah. Well, that's a, that's painting people with a broad brush. I think most people that I know that are in business are good people, try and do the best for their employees. They care a lot about their employees. They want them to do well. Not everybody has all the tools to be able to make that happen, and they don't respond to the stress well in yeah. some cases. But most of them are well intentioned, and so. Uh, but again, some aren't. Yeah. Right. Fair no, sure enough. And people want to always jump on. The name is like law. It's like it's like congressmen, You know, or, uh, they're not all bad. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just they're they're the loud ones, and you know all this yep. other stuff. But again, everybody just thinks, oh, they're all wasting money, they're squandering, they're doing all this. so. People, the mob tends to run with uh, their thought process on it.
2: Fair enough, fair enough. And I do need to self-correct. I'm sorry, Chris Rader. I, we're not. I don't use the word boss. Right. I think <laughs> I introduced him as my boss one time. He's like, no man, we work together. Yeah. So uh, sorry about that, Chris. You talked about. You know, you're going to do some some classes and some programs around IT because uh, you think there's a need for it. How do you find those gaps, and how far ahead do you look to try to start filling them?
1: it's no, a great question. Well, we try to respond to market trends, and we see, okay, we want to add new programs. Let's start doing research. So we'll start research. Where are there gaps? Where is there underemployment? Where is the need? We okay. Go, and then we go talk to industry professionals and say, hey, we're thinking about get into this field, where are your pain points, what do you need, what do you What would you like to see, what, what are you not seeing, where is the gap for you, where is it falling? Uh, primarily in where would you like to hire with people that do not have associate degrees? Like does it matter to you that somebody has an associate degree or not? In some cases, yes, that matters a lot. In other cases, no, I care that they can do their job at a high level. I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. And so if there is enough of that – where you don't need an associate degree, because that's not where we're at at the moment. I'm not mm-hmm. saying never, but right now it's not where we're at. Yep. But, you know, is there enough if, you know, somebody, because in IT, what we're finding, and especially, again, entry-level uh, security, entry-level coders, entry-level uh, networkers, they care that they're certified and that mm-hmm. they have a credential, but they don't really care too much about an associate degree, right? I mean, yep. And a lot of, and, but again, there are other places that do care about that. And so... What we want to see is, is there enough job demand for us to be able to offer a non-degree program that would help people get employed at a decent pay rate? Uh, And are there just enough of those jobs over time to where we can keep them filled? Yeah, And and we do see see gaps, right? Where, again, a lot of people coming up, like, we just need entry-level coding, entry-level security, entry-level monitoring, where people that go to school for four years and they graduate, they – I don't know if it's a sense, higher sense of self or whatever. They don't want to do that, mm-hmm. and, and and companies have a hard time because if they do get hired to that role, they're immediately moving on to the bigger thing. Yep. and so how do we create some stability here? How do we create some structure? And so we program our, our we model our programs around what the employers that we're talking to want.
2: That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we had a joke around here. <laughs> I, I learned the, the phrase "paper tiger." Okay, have you heard of that? No, what is it? it? It's basically a student just out of school who has a stack of certificates <laughs> but no job experience. Yeah, right. Oh. Right? And and we kind of joke about that here in our security team. We'd rather get somebody who knows how to learn and get them working right away. Right. We'll worry about the certificates later. Right.
1: But what a, how nice is it if you don't the two don't have to be mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. You know, if you yeah. marry the two because our people come out Again, a coding description is a good example. They're going to have a portfolio of work. Yeah. Like we're putting them through stuff. Hands-on learning is a big foundational thing for us where whatever you're going to be doing, you're going to be doing a lot of hands-on throughout your entire time. So if it's Unitech Online, what does that yeah. look like? Well, it needs to be something that if you're, you don't need to be present, you can do it remote or you can do it what is practical application of practice look like yeah. so that you have done a lot of coding exercises leading up and you're not just learning about it, but you're actually producing work to be able to show as yep. you go through. Because, yeah, I mean, you come straight out and you just learn about it. It's a lot different. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, whenever yeah, you go yeah, into the world. hands-on.
2: Well, and I think that's key for, a, a, you know, education like yours where you are doing hands-on training. Yeah. And you're actually getting – it's basically job experience.
1: Yeah. More well, or less. And we do a lot of that. Uh the IT, we do a lot in per well, not same in person, we do a lot of hands-on activities, a lot of uh working through learning. Again, they're gonna have a portfolio of a lot of different things that they create, where a lot of our medical programs, their last class at Unitech for school credits could be working in a in a medical setting for oh, okay. for several weeks, getting that real world right. experience. So cause to your point, yeah, everybody wants somebody that's not you know, fresh out of school. Yeah. They want somebody that has some experience. Mm-hmm. But okay, so... How
0: do you get experience if you don't get it? Right, right. <laughs> exactly. And so for
1: us, it's important when you go into an interview to where you, you, you go into the interview with your portfolio and you say, here's what I've done. Here's my curriculum. Here's what I've learned. Here's my uh, transcript. Here are my letters of recommendation. You can see what I've been able to do. If it's an allied health student, here's my stick record of my over 100 sticks that I've done before I even went into the clinical rotation. So I don't have your work experience, but look at the stuff that I've done. Mm -hmm. I'm ready to go. I'm good. I have all that. And I will hire for management level, like director level positions, and people don't bring that or or do any of that. So if we're entry level and we're bringing that stuff, what I want us to do is to separate ourselves Mm -hmm. from their competition because – I want their main competition to be other Unitech students. Oh, right? yeah. Okay. Because there are other places that are coming out. And when you're looking for entry level, you don't really expect that level of professionalism. So how do you counteract that I want the work experience? You dazzle. If you can get to the interview process, you come yeah. in and you're just like, wow, man, you're – yeah, okay, let's Mm-hmm. Let's go. You're a right? person. Yeah. yeah. You you look impressive, and you sound like you know what you're doing. And so, I, oh man, I'd love to dazzle. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you go in there, and you just you say, "Hey, look. Okay, right? Yeah. It? Let's That's go. A, let's go take that class. I know the dazzle class. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but it's the confidence from doing it, yeah. right? Yeah. But you. Yeah. But again, it, it all it sounds all good and well when I talk about it. Like, but getting our students yeah. to that level is. Yeah. It's not just a seminar. It's not a. crank, it, It's not a. Mo- it's not just one mock interview. It is going through the entire course with us. The way we deliver education needs to be in Mm real-world situations and not just content, Yeah, right? It's not just— It's like the
0: old way of learning, apprenticeships, where you had more practical hands-on experience. And and
1: you're seeing a big comeback for apprenticeships. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a big thing right now where uh, you're just seeing— and a lot of that is driven through the debt conversation, right, of how can we make apprenticeships a thing again because— uh, debt is piling up for a lot of students, but it's tough on the employers because mm-hmm. they don't—they have full-time jobs. And to be able to take the time to just, you know, come on, kid, let me show you the ropes yeah. you know, at a high level while you're trying to do your job, right. they would much rather just have somebody that's trained. And we work with our employers. I mean, if you tell us, hey, we want people that know this more than this or do this more than this, i say, okay, well, why don't you come interview some of our students? And mm-hmm. if you like them a lot, and you say, hey, I'm not guaranteed I'm going to hire him, but I would be very likely to hire that person, right? We'll work to give them additional stuff that is in line with what you want. Mm-hmm. So while they're getting trained, we can tailor them more to what you want. Because at the end of the day, what are we trying to accomplish? We're trying to get our students employed. Right. And yeah. so, so if we're working with the community and they say, hey, this is what we're looking for, and we like this person, we see that we're going to hire them. Cool. What do you want specifically? We'll try to work this in and add it to the curriculum so they're more prepared to be successful for you. Mm-hmm. Like, we want our business community to be successful. We want our students to be successful. We're the, we're the partnership with that, right? Students aren't coming to school just to go to school. We're the vessel that gets them to the job. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's important to understand. So why wouldn't we do that?
2: That makes sense. Uh, can we talk about teachers and instructors for a second? Yeah. Because that, that's a sector that's it seems to be in a lot of flux right now, shifting. Yeah. What do you look for – in in teachers, instructors, and if somebody was interested in teaching,
1: right? How so, do you go about that? Well, well, first foremost, we, we post the jobs. That's you know just one. The, yep. uh, but when we interview for somebody to work at Unitech, you have to have a minimum four years working experience in the field and be credentialed in what you what field you're in. So mm. if it's a licensure or if it's a certification, depending on what the credential is, you got to have it. Okay. And so we have people with real world working experience that come in and they not only and in some cases, it can be challenging because we don't really hire educators as much as we hire industry professionals. And so we have to train them on how to become good teachers oh. in classroom management and our systems and work. That was a whole other skill set, right? But the value that they bring from the real world experience to our classrooms are really impactful and helpful because they know what it's like. There's not somebody, for example, that got a business degree, got a master's degree and went straight to... Get their PhD and now they're teaching management, but they've never actually managed. Yeah. Right now we have people that, man, if I'm teaching dental assistant, I've been in dental assistant for a minimum of four years, a lot of them more than that, right? Or I've, I've been in the IT field, whatever. I'm teaching you, I'm I've been doing this and I'm credentialed. Yeah. And so uh, it's a lot of value that they bring. But you know, we go through our challenges, we work through it because classroom management's a real thing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the way that you know you conduct different you conduct class with different personalities in there that if. You're not good at that. The classroom can get out of hand real fast. Yeah. And so we spend a lot of time training and developing our, our, our staff and work through that. And uh, we take feedback. We're constantly evolving. We're trying to put new technologies in all the classrooms, which is a challenge because some of our uh, medical instructors, uh, they're amazing. But they're probably the part of the operation that is the least technically uh, savvy. And Got, so, yeah. trying to do specific mm-hmm. training, so when you do new things it's it's real interesting to think about how you have to approach training from all angles and not just make any assumptions that people know it yeah right, and so again, off in the weeds, but that's uh, no, a, no no, no yeah. worries uh, i I love all of this.
2: all right, I'll try to narrow it down here. final question. <laughs> the importance of marketing I learned about unitech through commercials and advertisements. Yeah. How important is that for for enrollment and for your school?
1: Well, it's super important and uh you know, the analogy I give is um, nobody grows up with a Unitech poster on their wall, right? <laughs> I mean, we don't have a football team. We don't have Greek life. We don't have multi-generational. My mom went to Unitech. My grandfather went to Unitech. We have all yeah. that. So uh, you really kind of find out about us if you're doing a Google search and you say, yeah, I want to be a medical assistant. Mm-hmm. So what comes on? And so... The ability for us to just let people know we exist, who we are, what we do, that's relevant so that if you do think about IT field, early childhood, uh, pharmacy technician, healthcare, that we're top of mind. Mm -hmm. And so that's the goal for us is that if we offer something in a community, we want to be the number one choice in that community for what we offer. Yep. Right. I don't expect somebody to choose Unitech over a four-year degree or, you know, if somebody wants to go be a, a welder, mm-hmm. right? Well, we don't offer that right now, yeah. right? So I don't expect somebody to choose Unitech over f- something else they want to do. But if, you know, they want to be a medical biller and coder, if they want to be a medical assistant, I want to be the number one choice because we do such a good job. Yeah. And And we have to let people know who we are. Yeah. For, for that, right? Because again, UL, again, it's multi generational. A lot of times they are the hub of the community. They're doing a lot of stuff. And again, I'm a I'm llama UL. I'm a big UL fan. Uh, we don't have that setup, yeah. right? To where, yeah. again, people are going to games, people, you know, all this stuff. And so we have to market so people know who we are, right? Makes, makes sense. Y- you don't see a ton of UL Lafayette commercials yeah, because They don't need to. Mm -hmm. They need to spend their marketing dollars in other areas, but it's more branding than it is, you know, uh, letting, you know, hey, come join the Moody College of Business, right? (laughs) And so, you know, uh, but but they do probably have a budget for that too. But for us, it's important. So people just know who we are. Like I said, most people don't even know that we have multiple campuses. They don't know we have the early learning centers. So it's just an education of Mm -hmm. where we're at. And so for us, it's about making a – a budget stretch because there's general Unitec branded stuff that yep. we just want people to know that we exist, who we are. And then there's program specific stuff, right? So, you know, if somebody's thinking about being a pharmacy technician, oh, we want, we want, we want to let them know that, Hey, we offer this, yeah. but it's one of like maybe nine programs at the Lafayette campus. And so, you know, we're not spending money on the other stuff or the general brand. So you're really playing to a specific market versus, uh, you know, potentially letting people know what all we offer. Cause we can't run a, a commercial, be it on the radio. I mean, nobody does a whole lot of TV anymore. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's, that's a, that's tough to be in right now. I would imagine. But, uh, being able to work through what we offer, we can't run a spot where we list every single program we have on the spot. Cause it's just yep. going to be mm-hmm. overload, a little white, overwhelming, white, yeah. white, noise. So I don't know if that answered your question. I, no, I,
2: it, it, it does. I, I I figured marketing was really yeah. important in getting your message out there, right. so just wanted to touch on that. And then the website,
1: yeah, it's uh, unitech.ta.edu. Oh, okay. It used to be unitechtrainingacademy.com, but we—it's just a mouthful, you know. Yeah, and yeah. So, it's, a, it's a lot to type. Yeah, and unitech.ta, and we were able to get the .edu. That's you know, great. and work with that, which is great. It allowed us to open up with more. Uh, give our students.edu email addresses and, you know, go through that. Just as we advance, you know, get get, finally get into the 21st century with some of our stuff here, you know, (laughs) and uh, a little late, but uh, it's really just being able to make it easier to access who we are, you know, find out, communicate with our staff, communicate with our student body, being able to, you know, if we have to uh, shut down because of a hurricane, we're not doing like the Phone trees. Yeah. You know, the teacher, yeah. Teachers oh, are calling. Yeah, they're, they're calling their students one at a time, you know, where we can just do, like, Five. mass messages, <laughs> yeah. you know. Watching <laughs> the news of, to see what's closed. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> That's exactly yeah. right.
2: Well, Noah, thank you for being here. Yeah. This has been—I always learn something new, especially, like, this isn't my territory. Yeah. So I love it, Jan, I love it when you bring in somebody like Noah here where I can— just ex- kind of expand my knowledge mm-hmm. here. So thank you very much for being here.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I really appreciate you. y'all having me. I, oh. You know, this is stuff that if it doesn't bore y'all to death, I'm impressed because, uh, you know, it's my world. I live it, but I understand, you mm-hmm. know, this isn't <laughs> the most exciting important. stuff in the world, but I love I love it. It's my world. It's yeah. great. And I'm, I'm thankful y'all were able to have me on here to be able to talk about it. I'm so grateful to have you
0: here, Noah. And Jason, you know, oh, yeah, thank you so much for making us sound professional. I think it's very important that people know about all the education options And yours, you know, Unitech Training Academy plays a huge role in helping our um, whole community thrive. So thank you for what you do. And look, thank you to all of our listeners. I appreciate your loyal support of Discover Lafayette. If you haven't in a while, please visit discoverlafayette.net where you can find Noah Brandon's interview along with about, gosh, maybe 350 others at this point. It's been six and a half years and uh, I've actually taught others, Noah, how to do podcasts. That's you impressive.
1: Know, That's, I was actually uh, researching it coming in here, I'm like wow, yeah.
0: this, this, it's exciting yeah. to be able to share people's stories. So, but I couldn't do it without Raider. I'm very grateful for them. On behalf of Discover Lafayette, thank you for listening. This is Jan Swift.